Hey everybody, it is Chris coming at you from Austin, Texas with the Running Rogue podcast. This is a special edition episode. We've got some news and announcements, especially as it relates to season three of our podcast training, which is going to start on December 31st, basically to kick off 2019. I've also got a special guest with me who I will introduce in a second, but First, I have to start with some news for the Running Rogue podcast. That's sad for me as someone who's been a co-host for the last two years, almost exactly doing this podcast. Steve has decided to move on to a new opportunity outside of Rogue, and so he's no longer going to be co-hosting with me on the podcast, which is a decision that he has made, which is right for his path, and sad for me, certainly not what I wanted, but... Here we are. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, and I'm going to be looking for a new co-host over time, and you'll hear some different voices in the early part of 2019 as I bring on some guest co-hosts, and of course, we'll be doing some interviews as always. Our approach and objectives and mission with the Running Road Podcast will not change. We will continue to, one, try to build fans of the sport, talking about running current events, and two, of course inform you on training content as we always have done that won't change we'll just have some new voices working with me on that and i'm excited about some guest hosts that I actually have in the works for 2019 and then i'll be looking for a longer term partner over time we'll see how that develops but please keep listening please keep downloading we'll keep doing and delivering on the content that i believe that you love and Again, we'll just have some new voices added to the mix, which is also an opportunity to reflect some new expertise, some new perspectives, and potentially also bring new listeners to our world. So I'm excited about that. Today, I'm also going to talk to you about the podcast training group. We've now done two seasons over the last year of that group. The first one started last December and ran through April, and then we started another one in may early june that ran through december that's wrapping up now we've had 100 people in the group from 10 different countries and we'll be rolling into season three we've got some exciting announcements about that including a new platform that we're going to be using for that which is a little bit more advanced which we're excited about and because steve has moved on i've got a new co-coach who's going to be helping me with that it's a name that you're familiar with Kate Barrett is here with me. Hey, Kate. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast training group as my co-coach. I'm super excited about this. Thank you so much. Kate, of course, you'll recognize her voice. She was just on episode 103. And so you know that in that episode with Jesse, she just got her Olympic trials qualifier in the marathon running 243 and an amazing result at CIM this month. She And you may not know, but she has been a coach with us here at Rogue for a couple of our in-person groups in Austin over the last 18 months and has, I think, fallen in love with coaching a little bit and is excited to be jumping on as my co-coach for this season three of the podcast training group. She, of course, also works with me as an athlete. I've been her coach over the last, what, 13 months or 14 months Mm -hmm. now, so... We're excited to bring that rapport and dynamic to bear because she can not only speak as a coach, but she can also speak as an athlete who's done a lot of these workouts and can give her perspective on that. Plus, she brings a female perspective to the show, which I'm super excited to introduce. I think Steve and I always tried to represent that well, but you know, being males, 
you know, we're limited in our perspective, so we're excited to have a female voice in the mix. So welcome, Kate. Yeah. Give us a little bit on your interest in coaching. And we've talked a lot about your running background. You started that in high school, ran at Baylor, has have now progressed into the post-collegiate ranks and getting Olympic trials qualifier after sort of a, what we might call an up and down journey with running since mm-hmm. you left Baylor. But talk about your interest in coaching. How did you start to think about it and how's your experience been with us so far at Rogue? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I mean, I've been um, involved at Rogue since I, uh, I started out working in the store in 2013. And that was uh, actually right before the summer before I finished uh, up at Baylor. So uh, ended up working in the store for another couple years after that. So got to see the training groups from there, that perspective, just that they would meet at the store on site. So got to know a lot of people in there. And then, of course, was part of a training group. And uh, really, yeah, what got me, I guess, like interested in coaching specifically was uh, Chris just asked me if I wanted to be an assistant coach with uh, Bobby Garcia and the Soul Survivors. Um, yeah, about 18 months ago, Bobby asked me as well. We were in on it together. And um, it wasn't something that I had thought about, at least for currently. Um, but an assistant role seemed like a good fit to like learn more about it. And yeah, just from there, uh, have uh, really enjoyed all the relationships that I've gotten to have with athletes, as well as um, getting to know, yeah, just getting to know people and like their their individual reasons why they run. And I think that's what's so cool about what we have here at Rogue is that everybody comes with a different background and something slightly different, even if they maybe everybody wants to PR, but. Uh, it means different things to different people. And so even though we want different things, we're unified in that we all want to like train and get better. And so I just uh, love working with people on that. And I love how that motivates me to be a runner. It gives me new perspectives and uh, gives me a new, a new opportunity just for like pursuing mastery in the sport in general. So it's uh, one thing, of course, to like do your own training. It's another thing to be, at least responsible in part for somebody else's training and like help them solve the problems that they come across. So I've been coaching my own group solo. Um, I try not to say that they're my athletes. I always say the athletes I coach. <laughs> so I've been coaching that group, uh, the rogue Eastsiders since May of last year. So that's been uh, really, really cool to see that group. They were a brand new one versus the soul survivors. They had been in existence for like years and years. And so they had kind of a crew of regulars, uh, the East Side group, I didn't know how it was going to work, if we were all going to gel. Um, it's such a small, we're only like 10 or 12 people. Um, it's a small group, so I really wanted to make sure that we got along. And it's been really beautiful. And it's it's really cool to see how that group shows up for each other, uh, how they support each other, even though there's a variety of paces, kind of like any rogue group. Uh, they're all out there together getting after it. And um, yeah, just showing up for each other like, physically of course in those workouts but especially emotionally um providing encouragement to each other throughout the season and then podcast coaching specifically what appeals to me is that uh, i get to work with people you guys are all over i i mean i think chris said earlier today 10 countries so all over the world potentially i do have people uh, people reach out to me on instagram and ask if i can coach online and uh, it's something I've, i've dabbled in but i it, it was challenging to do on my own. So I'm really excited about being able to partner with something that's already established so I can 
bring a perspective, um, but also not have to do everything on my own and uh, gain experience through there. The other thing that's nice is that we already have a rapport, obviously, as athlete coach. I've known you for the last five years, first as your boss Mm -hmm. and then as a friend, then as a coach. And so the thing I love about our dynamic is, as I said to our podcast training group, who we recorded an episode for already with you, I said, I love the fact that you're no bullshit and (laughs) will certainly call me on my bullshit when it comes up. You're also super authentic and, and human and willing to just sort of show the world that, hey, this is this is what you're thinking and this is how you're feeling or whatever it may be as you've shown as a guest, as you show on your Instagram at being Kate. And I think that's important to not only be a coach, but also to be able to engage authentically mm-hmm. with the group. So I'm excited to have that dynamic in. I think you had at least one story you wanted to share about me. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, can I share both? Sure, go for it. It puts the picture together. I'll I'll run through them. Uh, The first one, yeah, we were talking about, uh, I guess, yeah, I don't know, first impressions or maybe calling on bullshit or something. Um, So I just, I like to tell people the first, um, or the second time I met Chris. So the first time I met Chris, I was working at the Rogue Cedar Park store. So that was not his primary uh, office, even though he worked at Rogue. So whenever he would come up to the Cedar Park store, it's just a few miles down the road. Um we were kind of our team was kind of like our retail staff was kind of scared of him it was almost like the boss coming in he would he would move like move things around the store and kind of like hey why is this here it was almost like the white glove wiping dust off a shelf like (laughs) what is this back and so uh i had met him apparently when he came to the store so i some amount of time later i went to a group run it was just an easy social run it wasn't like official rogue or anything but Chris was there. And so I was going around and getting introduced to the people. And uh, I said, hi, I'm Kate to Chris. And he looked at me and he goes, yeah, I know I'm your boss. (laughs) 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 And I was like, okay, uh, good, good to see you. Thanks boss, man. So I was pretty intimidated, (laughs) but I'm so scary. He's so scary. So then um, I did get to know him. I, I mean, I don't even think it got, (laughs) <laughs> I think it was almost like a year later. I started doing some training with Team Rogue one summer. And uh, I got to know Chris from just running easy runs together at 5.30 a.m. in the dark. And I was like, oh, okay, he's human. He's cool. <laughs> so uh, the second story I was going to tell, I think this would have been after I got to know him a little bit more. got to share some miles with him. We were running the Captain K together. And that's a local 10K here. And I grew up in Austin. And so I've run this 10K, I think, every year almost at least since I was 12 years old. So by this point I was like 24. So it was probably like my 10th captain K. And so we were running together and I guess we just happened to be the same speed that year or close to it. And I remember him like trying to, he was encouraging and he was, you know, okay, here, um, take it easy on this uphill. And then we got this downhill coming up next. And, um, he wasn't my coach at the time. And I, I thought it was really like cool that he was taking an interest in my race and trying to help me out. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, Chris, I know, like I've run this course a lot, <laughs> but thank you. Uh, but it was cool. We got to mile five, the finish of the race. There's a uh, nice downhill and then you finish, um, pretty flat on the last mile. So when we got to that last downhill, I remember him telling me, okay, like you got to leave me now. Like you, you can run faster. So go kick ass. So I was like, okay. Which is crazy because that happened at CIM basically at yeah, mile 21, just like that. Yep. So interesting. We have a pattern here. <laughs> <laughs> and, if, and we also know that I can't turn the coaching off 
I don't think I knew at that time that you'd run so many cap 10Ks. Otherwise, <laughs> I might not have been tr- uh, so so helpful. <laughs> but uh, it was good. It was good. But anyway, but those are good stories. And so, but basically, the message is we have a rapport, and I'm excited to be working with you as co-coach with this group. Of course, we'll be bringing the same rogue methodology, rigor, macro structure. We always like to to change up every season a little bit to bring new workouts, new dynamics to keep people guessing and to continue to help them develop in new ways. And so there will definitely be some new wrinkles in this season, but it'll have all the same elements that we have been bringing to season one and season two, a rigorous approach to workouts and also appropriately balanced with all the messages you need about recovery and how to balance the volume with with the workouts and of course some fun intense long run workouts that we always work into the mix so i wanted to today do a couple of things in addition to introducing kate which we've done one is just give you a little background for those that are interested in the podcast training group on how you can check it out how you can get more information certainly how you can sign up also let you know what we're doing in terms of dates and time frames for this season and then at the end we're going to be talking with ruth franks who's one of our podcast training group members she's actually currently living in baltimore she has trained with us for season two we'll be coming back for season three and also follows kate on instagram so we get to ask her a little bit about her impressions of kate coming on as the co-coach so we'll be doing that at the end and then kind of wrapping things up with just a reminder on how to sign up so that's our agenda so just quickly on logistics for the program first of all you can check out the new sign up link and more information which is now live as of the posting of this podcast on the roguerunning.com website so if you go to roguerunning.com forward slash podcast training all one word then you can get there if you can't find it that way then just go to our homepage, roguerunning.com and click on train and then you'll see podcast training as a menu option there that'll take you to our information page about the program from there you can also limp listen to a sample training episode from season one that gives you a little sense for what you're going to get in terms of an additional podcast every week that had steve on it obviously kate and i will be doing those for season three but you'll have a similar structure to expect going into season three we've got a little bit of a quote and testimonial there and then the details on the different training tracks we'll have and the dates we're looking at. So I wanted to give you a quick overview there. As I mentioned, our start date will be December 31st for season three. We're going to be running season three through May 31st. So you can basically train with us for this season from December 31st or turning the page on 2018 until the end of May. And we'll have three different training tracks for you. You'll have a speed track, where you can work on 5K and 10K speed, which as we talk about on this main podcast often is really important to long-term development in the half marathon or marathon if you have aspirations at longer distances. We'll also have a half marathon track and we'll have a full marathon track. Ideally, we would like you to be gearing up for races in the April and May timeframe in order to optimize the peaking schedule on our macro cycles. But if you have something a little bit earlier than April, then we can consider that. I would just encourage you to email me, chris at roguerunning.com, to make sure that it fits with what we're doing. But we can adapt, certainly. I wanted to talk as we progress a little bit on the new platform we're going to be bringing to bear. We're going to be working with, we've been using 
sort of the cobbled together toolkit to run the first two seasons. We had a homepage on our website where we would post the weekly podcast and the training schedules in PDF. And then we had a Facebook group where the group was interacting and asking questions to us as coaches to get answers from week to week so that the group could get the benefit of those answers. That was on Facebook groups. We're going to be moving to a new platform called Final Surge. It's a platform that actually several groups use. I mentioned it on my Ben Rosario interview. The NAZ Elite crew uses Final Surge for posting their information and sharing workouts within their team. Greg McMillan is another person who uses this virtual platform for his groups and so it's a tried and true system that is going to be a little bit more robust in terms of the ability to both share information but also for you to be able to upload your data and then as coaches for us to look at your data so that if we need to drill in specifically on how you're doing in a given segment of the of the block we can do that and there's lots of other individual training functionality within final surge that you can use it also has a training calendar, which is going to allow us to more easily post your workouts as well as for you then to match training data to that workout information so that we can then compare how you're doing as you progress. So it's a pretty robust platform. We're launching it for season three and we're super excited about that. And so when you actually go to sign up at the bottom of that training info page, you'll have a link that takes you into our final search sign up process and you'll be able to sign up from there. So follow that link, check it out. We're excited about the new platform. I think particularly it's going to allow us to more easily funnel you guys information. I know one of the things we had with uh, season two that was a challenge is we had about 100 people in that group. And so all of them interacting in Facebook made it a little bit challenging to know exactly where the information was that you needed if a question had been asked and so forth. Final Surge has more structure in terms of sharing both with message boards where you can divide into different groups and also with a social wall where you can post more just weekly information, encouraging posts, that sort of thing. And so we're going to be dividing you into message board sections by, by training track. So you also have a little cohort, a sub cohort within the larger group, whether you're doing the speed track, the half track or the full track. So it gives us some new functionality that is both exciting for the group, but I think also exciting for you to have access to as individual athletes because you'll be able to track your data versus the workouts more easily. So that's a little pitch on our new platform, Final Surge. We have, as a result of moving to Final Surge, increased the price a little bit to help us cover the cost of that platform. So we've got uh, our previous price for season one and two is was $40 a month. We've gone to $50 a month for the new season for new members. So you'll see that when you sign up. I believe it's well worth the content and and we'll talk a little bit to Ruth I think who will vouch for the value that the group provides and not just we provide as coaches but also the group dynamic we call the group the renegades worldwide as I mentioned and they truly are a team and that I think is as much what you're getting here in addition to of course the coach and the schedules and all the details about what to do from day to day on training so that, I think, is all the information for now. Let's turn to our conversation with Ruth. Get her on so she can talk about her experiences in Season 2. So here we go. Welcome, Ruth Franks, to the show. Ruth, how are you doing? I'm good. Happy to be here, Chris. We're happy to have you. Ruth is 
one of our podcast training group members. They call and we call them the, the renegades worldwide. And in this case, Ruth hails from Baltimore, Maryland. So you're the the East Coast part of the worldwide equation, but we do have 10 countries represented within the membership, which is really, really cool. And it's cool to see the, those interactions across the group from all over the place. Before we jump into your experience with our program, Ruth, wanted to first get a little bit of context and background for the audience. How did you get into running? What's your journey look like? Um, actually, I'm like you, Chris, I was a soccer player. And I played two years in college before I sort of grew a wild hair and joined the Navy. And I went through boot camp. And since I joined as a relatively fit collegiate athlete, they didn't let me like do any of the exercising with everybody else because they were trying to make sure all the other recruits could like, get their weight down and pass the PT test. So I actually like gained five pounds and got out of shape at boot camp. They didn't want you intimidating the group? Uh, yeah, like, you know, someone always had to be on watch and they would just stick me on watch. They were kind of like the body they could spare. I was the body they could spare. So I got I got out of boot camp and I was in school in Monterey, California, which is, you know, Central California, like, perfect running weather all the time and I realized I don't have a coach I don't have a team I don't have a training plan and I'm fat now (laughs) so like I guess I better start running and sort of decided to target the half marathon distance I I don't know why I guess because it seemed like a big enough scary enough can I do this kind of goal um so I started running and I trained my first big race was the 2007 um San Francisco half marathon um and then throughout the rest of my military career it was kind of on again off again depending on training deploying emotional health stuff like that um I got real serious again in probably 2011 2012 2013 I got hit with an injury And then I had a couple babies. So I didn't really get back into it until 2016, no, 2017. Um, And I was always self-coached, but I found you guys. I found the podcast and loved, I'd done a bunch of reading on my own, but I just felt really validated in a lot of what I had learned and sort of adopted as my own training principles. And I'm in the Instagram world, so I see a lot of people doing a lot of different things that I don't necessarily agree with. And so it was really um, validating and encouraging to check in with the podcast every week and sort of be like, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I do. Or, or you know, and I, of course, I learned tons and tons of new things, too. When you joined us, what was your goal? Uh, when I joined the podcast training group, you mean? Um, I was targeting the Indianapolis Half Marathon at the beginning of November, and <clears throat> I had just come off of a 132.30 in April, so I was hoping to break 130. I ended up running a 131.18, which was a disappointing miss, but I also knew that that was coming 
as training progressed during the cycle. So I was still really happy with the PR. Yeah, we were proud. We were but, proud of your PR. Not quite what we wanted. And so we keep working. But talk about just talk about generally your experience with the group. What you like about it? What maybe was different than you expected? What did you learn? Um, so during the summer, we rolled, we started season two in May and I had just run my half. So I was sort of trying to recover slash jump in and, and be ready to go for the speed development phase. Um, and then I also had a family vacation scheduled in June, which we all desperately needed. And I knew I needed to take about two weeks off just to be present with my family uh, coming back and jumping into workouts, trying to at least and mileage and, and, you know, late June was, it didn't go very well. So my summer, I was basically just trying to rebuild the base and hang on for dear life instead of, I, I thought that I would be like smashing 5k PRs and 10k PRs and like, setting myself up for this epic fall. Instead, I was, I sort of found myself like struggling through a lot of this summer. But um, one of the things that I would, I would say is good is that because of the group setting, it's not like I had a coach crawling up my behind every day. Like, so how are you doing? What's going on? Like, and I was allowed to make my own decisions. And if I just felt like, gosh, I was hoping to ramp it up, but I don't think I'm going to be able to. I didn't necessarily feel like I was disappointing a coach or anybody else. I just knew, like, I'm going to stay. I'm going to lurk. I'm going to do the work that I can, and then I'll I'll jump in more wholeheartedly when when I can. So I appreciated the group in that respect because I could still log in and see people doing really good things and also hear stories of other people who – had family vacations or, you know, injuries or little stuff where they had to step back a little bit and come back in. Um, you're always welcome back with open arms and everybody's cheering for you. And like when you crush that first workout back, you get tons of kudos. Um, so, so that was really great. And I also loved that we weren't given three hard workouts a week. So it, it, the workload didn't seem as crazy. And beyond that, um, you guys don't micromanage our mileage. So you left that up to us. And it kind of helped me transition from someone being self-coached to being coached, where it wasn't like I was giving, handing the reins over completely. Like there was still a lot of decisions that I got to make. Um, what am I going to run on my easy days? What's my peak mileage going to be? Uh, what day am I going to fit in the additional work? What day am I going to run the quality? When am I going to get the long run in? Like it wasn't dictated for me. And I know some people like that. Some people like to just be like, tell me what to do and I'll do it. But I liked that we had to do some thinking on our own. We give you, yeah, we give you the framework and you get to work within that framework. And even that, like, um, 
and you clarified this later, I remember, but oftentimes, you know, the long run would be like 12 to 14 miles. And when I wasn't feeling super hot, like I was doing obviously the lower mileage. And um, then later, I think on a podcast, you guys were like, we're expecting you to do the the bigger workload unless there's a real compelling reason to not do the do the bigger workload. I was like, oh, whoops, I think I might have been a little uh, lazy on some of that. But but yeah, you guys give the framework and then let us make a lot of decisions. And I, I really liked that. You when you came back, I know we had the goal to get to 90 minutes for the half. We, I know you found early in our workouts that hitting some of those paces was challenging. So we did back you off as a part of it, as a part of your transition in to a little bit slower paces so that you could adapt to the work. And then ultimately you started kind of coming back around late in the cycle. Talk about that part of it. Yeah. Uh, it was encouraging. And as I was approaching Indy, I just kept feeling like I wish I had four more weeks um, because I was getting excited and feeling like it's it's not as far away as I thought. Um, I was pretty sure I could. At this point, I was pretty sure I could swing the PR. And, um, of course, that sort of got me greedy again. Like, well, you can. You could break 90 minutes. You just need, like, four more weeks. Um, and so there was several threads I had going. I feel like it sort of dominated the page for a while um, between trying to determine race strategy and just figure out what was a, what was the right goal to target. Um, and I, th I think a lot had to do with the weather, which I think made me a little mad because I'm not sure how to fix that. And I, I don't want future summers to just, be me wallowing around in a sweaty hot mess unable to do anything um but yeah finally getting to a point where it was like oh okay I think the fitness is moving in the right direction um was exciting and I felt like I earned it because I definitely worked harder this cycle than ever before and I think that was one of the big frustrations early on was like doing more of the right things than ever and I know that and I'm not really seeing the results so um but I think yeah the, I think the the excitement kind of turned to a little bit of greed at the same time sort of like well I deserve this I should be able to and uh I think I think I sort of got put back in my lane which was good, before you know, especially writing writing the race strategy going into Indy. And ultimately, you executed your race strategy as we landed on it really well, mm -hmm. because we had basically given you a target. Ultimately, a little bit slower than that ninety minutes. You hit it more or less. You got a one minute plus PR. How'd that feel? How'd it go? That part felt really good. That part was probably the most satisfying. Um, <clears throat> last spring, I paced a friend in a half marathon where ultimately she let me go. And I thought, okay, now I'm just going to close like a monster. And 
wasn't really able to. Um, then I raced a 10 miler and the same thing sort of happened where I think I was pressing more towards that red line from the very beginning. So when it came time to close, I was instead just hanging on for dear life. And then my half marathon later in the spring was the same thing. Like I was racing right on that red line the whole time. So when it came time to close, I was trying not to puke. Like, and there wasn't really any monstrous. Here she comes picking people off left and right. It was just like, I feel really queasy and I just want to be done. So going into Indy, I was really, I really wanted to have a monstrous close. Like I really wanted to feel strong and sort of, in the last 5k be able to crush it um I wouldn't say that happened exactly as as strong as I wanted it to be but there was definitely um more there I was more conservative I didn't go out too fast which is a big problem for me um I didn't attack too hard in the middle miles maybe a little bit maybe like a second or two on some of those miles I might have gotten a little greedy. But for the most part, I stuck to the plan. It was a little bit boring. But at the same time, once I crossed the finish line, it was really satisfying just to know I did it. Like, I was given the plan. I didn't let myself get too crazy. And, you know, I walked away with, with, a, with a nice PR. And I believe that you can get 90 minutes, right? We know it's on the table next time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. A couple more questions for you. One, talk about the group dynamic. I think that's the one part of the Renegades that has taken on this life of its own that's really, really amazing. And as coaches, I certainly didn't expect it to be as good as it is in that virtual environment where you're not where meeting people necessarily face to face. At this point, some of us have been able to see each other. You guys had a little group at Indy that got to see each other. So you do start to put some faces in in-person meetups together as we go. But primarily you're operating in this virtual environment, but yet there's still this really powerful dynamic that everybody's supportive of each other everybody's also super real in terms of sharing the goods and the bads and then working through them together. Talk about that dynamic and how it's been for you. Um, you know, that saying misery loves company. <laughs> I know you guys put us through the ringer and it's, and I mean, most, most training programs do that are worth their salt, you know, but to be able to all sort of look into these training macros that you give us and then on the weekly podcast here what kind of pain train you're sending our direction and kind of all um be scared together and then as the you know the weekly thread is is being filled in with people's workouts and you know, sometimes people nail it and sometimes they don't and depending on the week sometimes you're the one who's like I got it and sometimes you're the one who's like um swing and a miss and but we've all been there and we're all doing it. We're all trying it and we're all doing it scared. And I think there's just a lot of value in that. And even though um, running can be a very individual sport and that most of us are not able to meet up to do these workouts, we still know other people are out there doing it. Um, just the other day, 
just this week, I think on the thread, one of the guys was like, I had no motivation, but I knew that John had done this this morning and I, you know, he rocked it and I, I wanted to do it too. You know, I wanted to do the same thing and that got, you know, the other teammate out the door. So I think that part is huge. Having the accountability part is huge. And beyond the weekly workouts, when someone goes to race, the support is incredible. Like we get the bib number, we download the app. Sometimes people are like essentially live tweeting it on our own page and everybody's like cheering. And it's really fun whenever we have like a group, um, a small group going to a race and you know, you've got three or four or five people or a morning where two different people are running a half marathon or something. And the page is always alive with updates and cheers or hugs you know and virtual pats on the back and stuff so you sort of even if you're out there alone you know when you can log into Facebook you've got teammates who are gonna pick you up and dust you off or you know tell you how amazing you are which also is you know really nice too so um and because we were encouraged to put all of our questions through the Facebook page instead of like emailing the coaches privately. Um, we get we get to learn so much more than just like a one-on-one coaching situation because you're seeing how other people are handling this injury or this adjustment here and there or this diagnosis or this vitamin D deficiency or um, you know, struggling, you know, my whole saga with like, I'm not hitting these paces. What do I do? What should be my new goal? How do I figure this all out? Um, what, when things aren't going well, what are the things I should start looking at and reevaluating? Um, so it's sort of like a better together situation, I feel at least. Hell Yeah. And you're continuing with us in season three on this journey as we move to the new final search platform. So we'll be getting off Facebook, going on to a new platform, which is exciting. Why, why are you doing it? And, and what would you tell somebody who was considering it about why, why they should do it? Um, uh, why I'm doing it is a, a couple different reasons. One is like, this is my team and you know, you're my coach (laughs) and you've seen me through the last six or seven, eight months of training and running and you started to know my story better. And, um, also, you know, one of the things that's been talked about in the training podcast and the regular podcast ad nauseum is sort of the idea that you have to build for a long time sometimes to get what you want. And especially if it's like, you know, that big, hairy, audacious goal, or just to start seeing like real big progress. A lot of times you've got to grind it out for a while. So to me, popcorning around to different coaches and different programs is like resetting the clock on that. And because I really believe in the rogue philosophy, and I believe in the way that you guys coach, and um, I'm sort of uh taken by the group by the group training um pros and benefits it just seems like this is something to stick with 
Um, as far as people who are joining, I wish I could just tell everybody in the world to join because I believe in this program so strongly. And I think that the training principles, I think you guys get it right. And you don't, you know how to work people so, so hard without wearing them out. Um, and certainly, like I said, you you leave up a lot of the decision-making to us. So I'm sure you've had some athletes who have worn themselves out. But for the most part, the fact that there's really only one quality workout, a long run, and then a little sprinkle in of other uh, stuff, it's not it's not overwhelming. And I think about other people and other, other programs who are like doing these track workouts and then tempos and then long runs and it can the the workload can seem too much and not fun and your stuff is all varied um there's room for life if there needs to be (laughs) if there needs to be running is life but that's an aside um I and I, I think it helps create wiser runners because we're not just getting a text message from a coach with a workout to do there's there's the group dynamic so you're learning that way we're learning from the main podcast we're learning from the training group podcast and um we're learning just by making our own decisions and it seems like I don't know. It's just been so positive for me that I feel like it's got to work for everybody. And that might not be true, but if you ask anybody else, you know, if you had anybody else on this call, I'm sure they would say something similar along those lines. Like it's all the different pieces of the program kind of come together to make this really brilliant product that I can't get enough of and I never want to leave. Yeah, we're happy about that and certainly excited to get you certainly that sub 90 goal and then some for sure we've got a new wrinkle this season new co-coach with me kate barrett joining you've been following her on instagram at being kate she's been our episode 103 guest we've already talked to kate already on this episode i know you got excited when you heard kate would potentially be working with me on this why is that what are you what are you excited about with kate being added to the mix I get to gush about Kate for a minute. <laughs> this is so fun. Um, I just, I have a lot of respect for Kate. She does Instagram like nobody else, at least of the people that I follow. Her her posts are very, I don't know. She just sees life through a different lens than I think a lot of people do. And bringing that to the podcast group is, well, to the podcast and to the to the training group is going to be it's just more another perspective like and and I already told you like the group having all these different perspectives and group and people who are contributing is really neat but then having Kate come in who um she has a lot of raw talent and she's not somebody who's just gonna go out there and do all the right things because she's supposed to do all the right things. Like I'm constantly amazed that she's not like running 75 mile weeks or hundred mile weeks, frankly. 
um, because she she believes in like having a life and pursuing other things and that running isn't life like it's important and in a really really deep meaningful way I can tell for her um, and I think she'll understand that that it's like that for a lot of us in the group um, and she knows how to work hard like really hard <laughs> um, so I think that that's just going to dovetail really nicely with the people that we already have while bringing in a new perspective and then I you know as a girl I'm excited to have another girl in there not that I being in the military I'm used to being in a boys club um but it doesn't hurt always strength in numbers having the female perspective um but I wouldn't say she's a soft perspective by any stretch of the imagination so Kay's a real human and that's one thing I love about her and I think that's the nice thing about the group too is that people are willing even though they don't really know each other to be real humans and share the ups and the downs the goods and the bad i mean we do talk a lot about running and training on there but people's life challenges also get introduced because you guys care about each other as humans and that's that's where the magic is i mean certainly there's a lot of running magic but the humanity of it all is what makes me really proud of what we've created with it and thank you, Ruth, for being a part of it, because I love what you bring to the table. I love it. It's been really, uh, really important, really, really important in my life. Like, because we're military and we move around and I'm a stay-at-home mom, like, there's just a lot of isolation that comes with that. And so finding a group to belong to is is really important. And then one that's sort of married to my favorite passion hobby sport is is all the better so well thanks for thanks for doing what you guys do <laughs> thank you for jumping on and giving us a little bit of your experience we really appreciate it ruth absolutely anytime all right there you go that was ruth her energy in the group is so good by the way so i just have to plug that really really enjoy having her as a member of the team so thank you again ruth other reactions from you, Kate, on Ruth's comments? Yeah, so I really liked what she said at the end. Um, she was recommending the group, just saying that it had worked for her. Um, I just wanted to compliment you, Ruth, that I think that you've also, you know, it's not just like the training program. It's not like the magic of like, you know, follow this formula X, Y, Z. It's also that you've taken a lot of like ownership in being an athlete. And part of that is that you sought out a group or that you decided that you wanted to make this big change to uh, get a coach after being self-coached. So that ownership, uh, is, I think that's really what makes a difference for you. And that's what's enabled you to have these performances. So kudos on that. Um, and then the other thing I just wanted to encourage you when you were talking about having the, uh, you know, being just a hair off of the goal, um, but also like knowing that you were working harder than you ever have before. And that's, um, I think sometimes it just takes, I've seen this in my, the people that I coach, um, also in some of my teammates and in, in my own running, sometimes you don't get like the immediate benefit of all the work that you've done in that training block at the race. And, you know, there can be a lot of things that happen in a race. Uh, maybe it's, you know, bad weather that day, or you just don't feel good. Um, or maybe, yeah, your body isn't totally ready to like go after that goal, but it's, uh, I think you get that benefit of all the work that you've done. Sometimes it just takes longer for that to show up. So maybe you would have that, um, in your next training cycle. 
and uh, be able to make a big breakthrough from there. So yeah, just an encouragement. Keep it up. Um, I've also enjoyed following you on Instagram. Ruth makes me laugh. So it's <laughs> good. Well, preach coach Kate, cause that's something I definitely always preach is there's training results and racing results. And those mm-hmm. two things ideally sync up, but they don't always. And if right. they don't, and the race doesn't go well, you can still at least hang your hat on the training and the work that you did, the lessons you learned from yeah, it. And then, huge. of course, you carry that forward with you into the next cycle. All right. So we're going to wrap it there. Hopefully this has been a good overview for you guys who might be interested in our season three. I know everybody, everybody's been asking. I've been getting a lot of questions. I apologize for the delays, but we were busy working on this transition and also getting the new platform up and running again you can see more information on our website if you check it out under train podcast training or roguerunning.com forward slash podcast training and of course if you have questions email me chris at roguerunning.com we hope to see you join us for season three and we'll talk to you guys soon